Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels, your book club for movies. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. This week on the show, Game Night Goes Retro, and we talk about Clue, the movie that one Letterboxd reviewer called the dumbest and smartest movie ever made. Clue was one of my favorite movies growing up and one of my favorite games to play, and I will still argue with anyone who doesn't think that Tim Curry should have been nominated for an Oscar for his performance. Garrett, stop shouting. I'm not shouting. We also are going to look at how to modernize this cult classic and keep the iconic multiple endings going. And we also talk about some of our favorite game characters from the game. All that and more this week on So Many Sequels. Be sure you check us out online at somanysequels.com to check out all of our past episodes and links to our social media where you can follow us and join in on the conversation about your favorite movies. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Uh, David, I was going to tell you a story real quick. Um, so I went to, and I, you know, I mostly because you'll appreciate it. Garrett will get it too, but I, you'll appreciate it. <laughs> I went to a concert recently. Went to see Bruce Springsteen. Okay? The boss, as the they, boss. They call First him. time I've ever seen the boss. Mm-hmm. Real excited about it. I've mm-hmm. uh, been a big fan for a long time. He was uh, one of my bucket list concerts. I wanted to see before I couldn't. You know, he's old. It's true. Who knows how long, much longer he'll tour for? Exactly. So I get to this show. I'm I'm amped up. Yeah, they're getting ready to come out. They start walking out. And there's no real fanfare, which was surprising. They kind of just the band just walked out. But in the in my excitement and hype uh, for the boss himself, I forgot um, that the East Street band themselves are also quite legendary. Yeah. yeah. And when I saw Max Weinberg. <laughs> Yeah, walk out and t- sit at that drop set. I lost my shit. <laughs> I forgot that Max Weinberg is in the E Street Band. I know. I know a- him as a late night comedy legend. I honestly, that was the biggest thing I missed when Conan, when he when he left. It was like I, I honestly there was a. It felt like something was missing from Conan as a show. It is loved it. Yeah. I loved his his last episode though, where he played himself out and Conan was like, it's the only car operated by backbeat. You know, he's just, <laughs> I was just as excited to see him after I, after he appeared. And I w- wondered if anyone else in the arena thought the same. Oh yeah. Well, if I'd been there next to you, we would have been the two guys cheering, Mar- you know, Weinberg, Weinberg. Well, see the great thing about this show, this podcast is that uh, <laughs> now we have a, a setup where uh, you and Garrett can go off on wrestling tangents and then you and I can do Conan tangents. Yes. The- so you, you are like a key f- factor in the tangent uh, world. Yes, I am a I am a I'm a unifier. I'm not a divider. I'm a unifier, right? And uh uh you know, I bring people together for over over various fandoms. Sure. We uh, the people. I'm, we the people. I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a dabbler, but I'm also uh, an intense dabbler. I know a lot about a lot of things. You do. So, uh yeah, j- this podcast is it mainly about movies? Are we your book club for movies? Yes, we are. But also, we're a secret podcast for wrestling. We're a secret. <laughs> we're a secret podcast for uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Like, is if you could have a podcast about a podcast, we I are. really love the idea of a podcast within a podcast. Right, I'm sure that's been done before. Secretly, you get a little bit of a little bit of detail, a little, a little bit of juice in there about uh, anything and everything. Speaking speaking of tangents, uh, we're on one. So let's uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, shall we? Uh, oh, we yes. are doing a whole month of uh, game inspired, game themed, yes, movies, right? Video games, regular games. Today we're talking about a movie based on a board game. We're talking board about game. Clue. Um, and honestly, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have Garrett take this because he's the Clue Meister. Uh, he is he is the the king of Clue as David is the king of Disney. Oh, I'll of take, this show, I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so tell Clue. us about Clue. Why are we doing Clue? Uh, what does Clue mean to you? 
Blue's Clue, cool. one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, it is in my uh, letterbox top four. Um, it's always a movie that <clears throat> I underestimate. Mm-hmm. I underestimate how many times I've seen this movie. Um, and I only remember how many times I've seen it when I watch it and I'm able to just say the lines with the movie, sometimes before the, the people say it themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. I catch myself laughing because I, one of those where I look down the line and I know where the joke is going and I chuckle now and then I laugh real hard whenever it hits. So it's a movie that I've just watched since I was a kid. Um, <clears throat> it is based loosely on the board game, the Hasbro board game. It's got uh, an all-star cast, Martin Mull, uh, Tim Curry, uh, Colleen Campbell, I believe is her last name. I can't remember all of them. Oh, Colleen the Camp. Con. Yeah. Colleen Camp, thank you. Yeah, she's in uh, Police Academy uh, and Con. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so many, uh, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McKean. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just, just banger after banger of a star, especially for 1985. Um, they are all brought to a mysterious house. Uh, it's revealed that they are all being blackmailed and they are meeting their blackmailer tonight and they can either wait for the police to come or they can take matters into their own hands Mm -hmm. and hilarity and dramatic craziness ensues. Uh, it's a tight 90 minute movie with, uh, three different endings worked in. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. got a lot. And, uh, for me, it's just, uh, it's just perfect, but I'll let other people talk because I said a lot already. Yeah. David, what did, do you have a history with Clue at all? Um, the movie? No. Uh, oh. the board game. I, I loved Clue as a kid. I, I wanted to wear my something. I wanted to wear purple representing my professor Plum. Maine. I always, I always play as Professor Plum, but I have one purple shirt and I couldn't find it. So Mr. Green it is. And honestly, after watching this movie, big fan of Mr. Green, hmm. uh, Michael McKean, hilarious, hilarious. And you, you would know him from several, he's in a lot of things. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you specifically one thing that he's like the, that's his most well-known because everybody's answer is going to be different. Michael McKean's hilarious in this. Um, anyway, the movie itself, never seen it before. Uh, didn't even honestly know about it until about two or three years ago. Um, and, 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 and that is because, and then we'll get into it later. It was not, uh, uh, the most successful film, but it does have a cult following. It does have a cult following. And so, um, yeah, I just, uh, it just kind of glossed over me, um, to give a few, uh, you know, early thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was funny. I thought it had. I thought it, it 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 almost had something. It was a little convoluted at times. Like it was kind of like I was trying to like understand what all what exactly the stakes were, what exactly like Gary, you did a good job of explaining it a minute ago. But when they were explaining in the movie, I was like, okay, so they have they have how they have how long till when and who and and then they do the what now? So I was a little bit trying to keep up with them. And I think the movie wanted to have like a really like sharp, like you know, quick, quick, uh, back and forth. But there were some times where there was kind of, it felt like there was dead air early on. Like there was a lot of like people kind of like not sure whose turn it was to speak next. That said, as it got going and as the sort of the hijinks and hilarity and everybody running from room to room, uh, started to ensue, I really started to get into it. I really felt like I could envision this as a stage play. Uh, and I have since learned that the screenplay has been adapted to a stage play. So, um, yeah, I I really got in. I really started to get into it by the end. Uh, I I was thinking about the board game the whole time. I loved playing Clue, and I told that to my wife, and she'd be like, "Oh, I hated Clue." And I was like, "Well, you never played with me, you know. <laughs> you never played Clue with with the guy with this guy over here." Well, that that will that will lead into my next question, but I'll talk about. Uh, I don't have much of history with it either. Um, I think a little bit more than you, David. Uh, I definitely have known about it for years, and I had seen it as a kid. I don't remember it clicking with me in quite the same way as it did with Garrett, uh, where you know he really can quote it as it happens. I've seen it done. Uh, this is <laughs> not an exaggeration. Yeah. Uh, I can't do that with it, but I remember watching it and I remember like not thinking either way about it, but I like it a lot more now as an adult. Um, it's very funny. Um, you're right, David, it does get a little convoluted at times. I think that doesn't really hurt it too much, but I do get it. Uh, and the, the cast is great. I had to 
uh, do a double take when I was doing some research because I found out that this movie came out like six months before Back to the Future did. Yes. Yes, somehow Christopher Lloyd that. has aged wanted, 40 years. I wanted to mention that. At least. It blew my mind. I didn't. I never realized how much they must have aged him for Back to the Future. Yeah, I think that's it. Because yeah. in, in Clue, he doesn't look old at all. He doesn't look anything like crazy he old He doesn't even brown. seem to have like graying hair. Like his ah. hair is kind of like a, 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 a grayish brown. He looks great and he's such a different kind great. of. I went to the DU Venetians dinner. He's such a different kind of funny than he is in, in Back to the Future. So I like that, uh, getting some of that range from him. I also love that in terms of the film, the events of Clue are set one year before when Barney goes back in time. So 1954, <laughs> just that was what Doc Brown was doing. That's where he got the nuclear bombs and all that. Oh, there's a, there's a whole expanded universe, isn't there? They could, they can, they could figure it out. Um, wow. Well, so before we get deeper into the movie, I wanted to go back and touch on the game because uh, you, David, talked a lot more about your love of the game mm-hmm. and Garrett has a strong love of the movie. So I want to talk about how well do you think they adapted it? I feel like it's hard to adapt a board game to yeah. anything, but if you're going to do it, something that's pseudo story based like Clue is probably a pretty good bet. So how do we feel about how the board game translated to the screen? David? Oh, I thought that, you know, they did a really good job in, 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 in certain ways. Um, they, it was kind of ham-fisted in others. Like, you know, the here are all the weapons. They just like hand you all of the, the board game weapons in and they they pull them out and they like they just like look like someone took the the toys and blew like the little figures and blew them up that was a little bit ham-fisted like they could have just had them around the house you know what i mean but um i think the thing about clue that if you did this if you wanted to make clue today you could do it and do a completely different at a like story you could you can tell the story i think a lot of different ways all you need is you know basically mansion you know, assortment of weapons and six suspects. I mean, that's, there's, there's plenty of passages, secret passages. There's plenty of ways you could tell that story. Um, and you could tell it differently than how they told this one. You could tell it more seriously. You could tell it more comedically, you know, you know, there's a lot of range there. So I think they did about as good a job as you can do at adapting a story. Um, and I think, I think going for, for, for laughs was probably the, the smart way to go. Cause I think that, inherently people are going to go a board game based on or a movie based on clue, you know, like there's going to be some skepticism. Um, but I think, uh, I think anytime you mix murder history and comedy, you're going to have a little bit of fun. So I think they did it a pretty good job. I think one of the things that the, I mean, for me as a kid, the best part about clue is that it's always different. You know, you play the game and it's always different. It could be the same, but it might be different. You know, you, you have to have enough people to make it work. Uh, growing up, I had a family of four, and so that was an easy game for us to play together mm-hmm. as enough amount of people to where it's difficult. Um, and so I really like the way that they take that and the way that they incorporate that into the movie where they give you three different endings where it could be this and it could be that and it could be this. And the way that they line it up all could be equally plausible if you just, you know, you have to suspend your amount of reality. And you talk about it being convoluted. Both of you. And that's one of the things that I feel like this the movie addresses well, because in every single ending, there's always the there's still one thing I don't understand. And uh, there, there's someone who chimes in and goes one thing. And so yeah. it addresses the fact that it's a little messy yeah. and they play with it. And I appreciate that. Um, I think we looked it up. And if if I remember right, the way that they marketed the movie at the time was you never knew which ending you were going to get. Um, it could be yeah. any one of the three. It wasn't that they gave you all three of them. Right. And I actually think that's a good idea. Uh, Josh, I think you got into it a little bit and said that that, that uh, kind of hindered it. But for me, I think that if you market it now, um, it gives you, you, you know how to do it a little more. And you could say, uh, you know, you know so which ending will you see or, you know, who did it or, you know, something, something kind of like that. Uh, I don't know. I think it could be a, a fun experiment to have a different ending from, especially for a movie like Clue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I had seen was that in hindsight, the director had said that he believes that putting multiple endings in theaters hurt the movie's box office because people were kind of overwhelmed with the idea of, well, if there's three 
endings, which one should I go to? That's what the studio was hoping they were thinking. But what they were actually thinking was, well, there are three endings. I don't know which one to go to, so I just won't go. Yeah. Um, that's it's a, And that's it's just a, as plausible, you know? I don't know how it was yeah. actually marketed at the time. I don't know what the yeah. trailers were like. Uh, did they yeah, even tell people trading. that there were multiple endings or were people just confused, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, if you got ending, if you got ending B, if you got ending B, you were probably like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, well, that's weird. Because like one of them feels like it actually satisfies the story pretty well. One of them, we can get into this a little bit more later, but one of them feels like it satisfies the story pretty well. And then one of them, you're like, uh, uh, okay. And I would be pretty, I don't know, I'd be pretty disappointed with with uh, version B. But yeah, it's a, it's a gimmick that is risky you know because there's you you hope I, I think in today's day and age you're you you're counting on people wanting to be like a completionist like to see all of them but i think in 1985 i think people just walked away and went huh i don't know what that was about or did you hear there's another ending what what happens in that one and then the person just tells you you know and you go oh okay you know what i mean so like there's not you didn't have that same level of today we have that level of social media discourse where people would be, you'd you'd hop on TikTok instantly, and somebody would be comparing the three endings of Clue. You know what I mean? Um, I think it could be done potentially well today if it were one of those Netflix series that's like choose your own adventure, like kaleidoscope or something. So that yeah. every everyone play, then you're playing Clue, you're playing the show that you're watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that could be fun. Netflix could call me. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad I'll idea. idea. You know. Uh, you know, uh, I was also the the most recent version of this idea that comes to mind was uh, X Men Origins Wolverine had three different post credit scenes, oh. not three different endings, like, but three different three different post credit scenes in which um, you would you know you didn't know which one you were going to get, and I don't even know if it was this I don't know if it was by theater location or if it was by screen, but there were three different um, post credit scenes. Um, one was Deadpool. Uh, revealing himself to still be alive. One was Logan walking into a bar in Japan, and I don't remember what the other one was. Oh well, but uh, yeah. Hmm. So that's that's the only other time I can think of them of of, of a studio trying something similar. I don't even think I knew about that. Yeah, interesting. I think on the DVD they just play all of them, at, you know, at different points during the credits. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of characters in this movie. Uh, a lot of characters. All very strong personalities. Yeah. You could, say our, you could say that. What are, what are some of our favorites? As things went on, uh, yeah, Mr. Green, Mike McKean. Uh, oh, is Garrett frozen? That's a, that's oh, new. Now we're back. Yeah, I, fro- I froze. I froze you the first time. Yeah, Keep so, going. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't ready for Professor Plum to be like a sex maniac. And, uh. <laughs> That was that was off putting because he's my favorite character. He was my glasses representation as a child, and uh, um, who else? Who else? Um, I actually was surprised that they didn't go more cartoonish with Colonel Mustard. Uh, Martin Mull was great, especially as the movie goes on. You start to understand their individual quirks more, uh, and so the the longer it went on, the more I was like, okay, I'm digging this interpretation. But uh, yeah, I thought they were going to go more like you know monocle and big mustache. I was picturing Andrew um and in and when martin mole showed up i was like who's this slob they claim is my is, is colonel mustard anyway uh kind of live ever seen everybody was great though i'll tell you what in madeline khan yeah. hilarious no you got to talk about uh tim curry as i mean obviously just everything that he does in this movie mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. when he is running down the events of the night it's one of the funniest things that I have ever seen in my life. Uh, there are very few things that I consistently laugh as hard at now as I did when I was like a seven or eight year old kid watching a movie. Um, and every time, you know, uh, it starts with him screaming that he's shouting and then the candlestick falls on his head. And then from that moment on, everything that Tim Curry does is just absolute perfection. Mm-hmm. And this is like, for me, this is the movie that I think of when I think of Tim Curry. I know everybody has a different type of Tim Curry that they think of too. Uh, this for me is the essential Tim Curry. Yeah. This one to me, this is like, um, interesting enough, this is like the least Tim Curry I've seen Tim Curry beat, I think, because he doesn't have that like kind of more obnoxious 
a British voice that he does sometimes that no, nah, no, nah, yeah, I can't do it. But you know what I, you know, that sound I'm going for. Well, yeah, you know, I, I, whatever anyway, but it was really entertaining, especially as things got more and more absurd. What about you, Josh? Standout yeah. characters? My my favorite character is Colonel Mustard because of how dumb he is. Uh, he's so dumb. Uh, he's so dumb. You're just dumb uh, just for the dumb. whole movie. Uh, and that makes me laugh. He's he's Colonel Mustard. He's the government guy, and he's just in, he dumb. It makes me laugh. Michael Keane is also very funny in it. I will give him props. But line of the night, I'll tell you. I was going to ask if anybody had favorite lines. I knew Garrett would, but. My wife... Um, having not known about it, uh, instantly fell in love with the, I hated her so much that flames, flames on the side of my face, heavy, heavy breathing. I did like that. Um, she, she, she instantly fell in love with that line for me. I know this is the last line technically in the movie, but when Mr. Green stands there and goes, good night, chief, I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife. And like gives this big stupid grin on a freeze frame. It was honestly, I laughed so hard. <laughs> it's really so good. much harder than maybe the line deserves, but I thought that was hilarious. Sleep with my I, wife. From, Sex with he said, I'm gonna go sleep with my wife. Get the line right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's man. difficult for me because there are so many. I, I talked about the I'm shouting. Um, that's always one for me that stands out. Um from another one is uh the dynamic between uh, Colonel Mustard and Miss Peacock when they're talking about what to do. And uh, he says, this is war peacock. You can't break and or you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Ask any cook and they'll tell you the same thing. And she says, but look what happened to the cook. And yeah. it is just so funny. I like, again, everything for this movie, it's just blinking. You could miss it because it's connected in one way or another. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when Madeline Kahn says that her husband is lying around all day and then later you find out that he's dead and they piece that together, you know, just every little bit, especially the rewatchability. Uh, that's what I enjoy about this so yeah. much is the you can connect this dot with this and then you can see different pieces. You know, when they do the rundown, you can see that people are missing from room to room. And so they do a really good job with all. I can't pick anything. Sorry. There's a lot of there's a lot of good wordplay. Um, I can't remember the exact series of lines, but she says, um, you know, she says something like, no, I'm not. And he's like, you're not, not, no, you're not, not. Oh, it's a double negative. A double negative is proof positive that you did this or something like that. And he goes, you'll not make an idiot out of me. You don't need my help for that. And you're right. Or something like that. Right. It's, you know, it's that fast paced, you know, kind of like Marx brothers, vaudeville kind of speed. This could be the Muppets. Um, you'd have to remove Colleen camp, but this could be the Muppets and it would well um but otherwise like yeah it's that i i I, when it started to get to that i was down for it um early on it was a little it was a little stiff but it gets there the weirdest character for me is mr body uh aka depending on which out which ending you have is 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 some kind of character he seemed like a character from a different movie when he first came in they're all like sitting around talking and they're about you know oh you know from washington he comes in hey what's going on oh i know her yeah all right i'm like Who's this guy? I just walked in from a different film. <laughs> yeah, I got all the Josh, evidence here. Take it. Why don't you kill Josh, this did guy? You have any lines that stuck with you? I think my favorite bit of wordplay in there was uh, from Wadsworth when he said communism was just a red herring. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also really liked Wadsworth. Uh, frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. Yes, was an excellent, uh, excellent. Uh, homage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> To, a, to one of the all-time great lines in cinema. Right. Gone with the wind, yeah. Uh, it, it's one of those movies where, and I love a movie like this, where some of the jokes go so fast that it necessitates repeat viewings. Because mm-hmm. uh, some of them will just blow by you, you know. And that's always, that's what I love about Knives Out movies, you know, to tie those mm-hmm. into. Uh, I think this definitely probably... Had some inspiration involved to Ryan, yes. to Ryan and, Johnson, and you know. Ryan, Ryan Johnson uh, has said that he, uh, in his editing room, one of the posters on the wall is Clue. So, awesome. uh, I think he's got a bunch of. I think I think uh, you know, uh, we've talked about murder mysteries in the past. Murder mysteries. Like, I, I, I'm glad that we got to add another one here during Game Month. Yeah, yeah. Right. It seems like we're always looking for excuses to add in a good who done it. And mm-hmm. s- uh, speaking 
of whodunits. You know, we've talked about how this movie works as a comedy real well. Does it work as a mystery and does it need to? Are my two questions. It feels a little leading to ask it that way, but uh, did you find yourself watching it and thinking along about trying to solve the mystery? I I was, and I was super confounded because, and this is why ending three is the best ending, I think. And obviously it has to, I assume the canon, canon ending. Like the, the or, you know, whatever, the actual ending. Because I was watching it and I kept saying to myself, I just kept saying, everybody's accounted for. Like in terms of the way the movie is edited and shot, no one could have done this because everyone has been shown to be either with someone else or not there when this happened. So I was like, I was watching it going, there's no way it could be any, it could be one person. Mm-hmm. Either has to be multiple people. It has to be none of well, the main. It has to be none of the six. You know, that's like how the like, board game works too, exactly. though, right? You, right. everyone's accountable. You know, you know, you know. And so I'm watching it like it's it's gotta be. And so like it was around the time. I think it was around the time that the policeman and Yvette died. I thought to myself, it's gotta be. The answer has gotta be that one of each of these murders was committed by one of the six. Like, no, there's no one murderer going around making all these kills. Each of them has made a kill or something like that. Right. And I, and that was what I thought. I was like, that's the only thing that really makes sense. They can say something else, but I, but uh, the only thing that makes sense is that six separate murders have occurred this evening. (laughs) Um, And so I appreciated it when that was one of the endings, but that said, yeah, I mean, other than the setup, because the setup with the idea of like, oh, the cops are coming and blackmail and who's blackmailing and, you know, oh, but his, you know, why is he giving us this opportunity? You know, that stuff was made it for a really hard, uh, you know, start. But by the time they're midway through, I stopped caring about that. I was fine. Yeah, okay. the mystery is definitely not the strongest part of this movie. But again, that's where I encourage you to do the rewatchability, because if you listen to his uh, breakdowns of the endings, the various different ones, <clears throat> you can go back and watch and you see when they run into the billiard room where Yvette is. There are people missing to start, and then they show up again. Uh, if you go into the kitchen when they find the cook, there are people missing, and then they show up again. And so, it is, again, that's why I say it's plausible. They give you little pieces throughout the th- – again, I've seen this movie hundreds of times, and this time I noticed that when they are burning the evidence into the fire, you see clearly a picture of Colonel Mustard and the driver, and that was the first time I've ever seen that in that picture that they give you there. So they they put pieces in there that it is perfectly plausible that one person could put things together and be like, hey, I recognize this person. And then I see this person here and now they're here. And then I'm here for the, and bang, 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 bang. You know, it's not the strongest one, uh, but it doesn't need to be because everything else that's, that is more important is better. Right. Fascinating. What do you think, Jeff? What do you think, Josh? About, the mystery about whether or not it's a good mystery. Did you yeah, find yourself I mean, wondering? I, I'm going to say no. And it's not because, well, it's not because I don't think it's good. And it's, it's mostly because I don't know that I really came into it with that mindset. Mm. I don't know if I saw it as, as much of a mystery as I did. Oh, this is a movie about a board game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it felt more like, watching a comedy than uh watching a a real mystery mystery and trying to figure out who did it so i don't think Mm -hmm. i came into it that way if i did i can see myself being disappointed because it doesn't they don't take a ton of care for it but they do take some like Mm -hmm. you said like garrett said there's a bunch of stuff in the background um that you can find if you really are looking oh yeah they just make it really hard for you i'm sure that's part of the fun too And I have, I didn't, I don't really doubt that like, you know, those moments were there, but I was obviously, I was watching this, what I'm watching for, right, is the idea that it's, you know, main person, right? And so some people would be missing, but it was never the same person missing each time, right? Or never, you know, so like, I'm like, it can't be one person. I was pretty intrigued by the mystery of it, because that's the whole point of the board game of Clue, find figure out who done it, right? So I was like, is it going to be one? Because anyway, that's, so I, I think they did an okay job. Uh, it just had a lot of moving parts. It had a lot of moving things. Like there was, there was a lot of uncertainty to it. 
And that can, that can have two outcomes because you can have so much uncertainty in a mystery that the reveal is not satisfying. A la ending B with Mrs. Peacock. Um, or you can, you know, you can stick the landing because, you know, you've woven, this, you've woven the truth in the, in, in, in there for people who are really, you know, looking and watching, you know? So it's, it's, a, it's tough to stick. Mm-hmm. I, see. I think. Yeah. Um, oh crap. I had a question. And I lost it at the last minute. I'll get there. Remind me to cut this. John, Garrett, did you have a main character you played as when you, when you would play clue? I was always Colonel Mustard, sir. Always a Colonel Mustard guy. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay. I Interesting. My question. There we go. Um, back now. Back now. So from what I could tell, there's been several attempts at doing this again. Um, there's obviously been the stage play that I believe is considered successful. I know it uh, tours on a regional level, at least. Um, and then there was a, I found a very short-lived limited series on a network I'd never heard of in like 2011. Hmm. Uh, and then apparently... There is a script in the works. They hired a, a, a screenwriter last August at Universal. Yeah, I, had, to write I heard the Clue remake. So my question I, was going to be: How do you make Clue work? How do you? How does Clue twenty twenty three work? Movie, TV series, modern times, old days. I think. Go ahead. I'll let Garrett. You go first. So for me, I think you modernize it. Um, but the danger or the, the exciting thing about Clue is, it, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, you have a wide canvas of which to work with, right? It would be a bad idea to modernize it with the idea of remaking the 1984 version. I think that oh, would yeah. be a failure. That would be mm-hmm. stupid, and I hope mm-hmm. they don't do that. Um, I think that you should capitalize on the fact that whodunits are really popular right now, mm-hmm. are they on the rise? And I think that you should take it more seriously because oh, if you come in swinging with a, if you come in swinging with a comedy, I think I think it should be funny. Don't get me wrong, but I think that if you make it a full on comedy, you're still going to compare it to this one. And right. I don't know if that's a winning battle. That is, I mean, yeah, it's going to be hard uh, on those grounds. That said, uh, uh, you know. Unfortunately, I think the rights are with. Well, did Josh, I have it wrong? Was it twentieth? No. Who who has the uh, who has the rights? Is it twentieth century or is it Universal? I think at one point it was Universal, but I could have mixed it up. Because um, if it's with twentieth century studios, guess who owns twentieth century studios now? And guess who also owns the Muppets? You do. Oh clue my with the gosh! The mu- the cl- the Muppets Clue. Is there a Muppet Clue board game? There should be. I don't know, but you know that is my that's my offshoot uh, answer is Muppets Clue because hey. you want to know who they attached to direct back in 2019, and I guess it fell through was a guy named uh, oh the co-creator of Flight of the Concords, Jay Bobin. I don't remember his first name. Who directed Muppets Most Wanted? Um, so you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, stars stars aligning there. But yeah, I think you modernize it a little bit. There are new there are new Clue game characters, so you don't have to have the exact same cast of characters. You could have Miss Orchid who wears pink. You could have uh, Monsieur Brunette who wears who's the Mister Brown basically. Um, you know, so you don't have to have the exact same cast of characters. I think you have, I think you obviously bring back Professor Plum played by Ron Swanson, but, um, or excuse me, Nick Offerman called him by his character name. Anyway, uh, you know, I think you, so I, I think this one was very referential of early Agatha Christie where they said it in like the fifties and it's kind of an older time. I don't know if you do the same thing where like, maybe you said it in the nineties or something like that, but I think you, um, you look towards what are the kind of mystery movies being made today and you kind of go with that, emulate that. But I think at the core, you still have to have the house. You still have to have the weapons. You still have to have, you know, the, uh, window in which we need to solve this murder, you know, that kind of thing. I think those are, I think, I think that's okay to stick with, but you can tell a very different story. You can tell it in a different way. I think there's lots of 
I'm going to go with the idea that I mentioned earlier, which is a choose your own adventure uh, streaming series. Um, and I don't think it should be a remake of the 1984 movie, but I do think it should be made in the spirit of that. Uh, not quite th- that level of absurd comedy. I think the comedy should be updated to be a little more uh, witty and subtle, but it should stay fast. Um mm-hmm. And I also like the idea of keeping it set in that almost, it's like an old era, but it's also timeless. Like you can't quite place it. You just know it's not today. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think that works for um, the Poirot movies happening right now, at least for Murder on the Orient Express it did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it could work for Clue too. I think you could stick with that time period, update the writing to be a little more reflective of today's humor. And add, and then add your gimmick in the style of a a Netflix choose your own adventure thing, and I think you might have gold. Mm-hmm. I think it's I'd a watch it at least. Too. It'd be gold for me. Some other options: you give it to you, uh, you hire uh, Jordan Peele to do it. What would he do? Uh, the gritty craziness, remake. craziness ensues. Cool. You know. All right. Well, are there any closing thoughts on Clue the movie before we move into the last half of the show? Trying to think. Um, well, do you want to talk about the diff- the different endings? Do you want to talk about the uh, specifically what's different in them, or anything like that? I don't. Okay. Because okay. I don't know them as well as Garrett does, so it depends on if he does. So when you guys watch them, did <laughs> they play it? Did they all three play in order? Or did you just get one of them? They all three play. That's okay. the only way I've ever seen it too. Is okay. all playing in a row. I've never seen just one attached. It- Anymore, yeah. that's the way that they play it. Um, otherwise, it would be super short. Right. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. You cut out those two and in, two additional endings, and it's even it's under ninety minutes mm-hmm. by a good amount. It is. It, it, I do kind of wish um, that you could play it with. I do kind of wish that now uh, there was an option because like, you can watch this uh, if you have Amazon Prime. You can watch it for no additional cost mm-hmm. and. Uh, I wish that it did give you like some kind of way to select an ending because it does kind of weirdly funk the flow up at the end, all having all three back to back. Um, cause you're trying, I'm trying to picture like, okay, where was the, where did, where did they leave off? You know, by the third ending, I'm like, I don't remember where we left off to do this, to do this ending. But anyway, um, yeah, the last one's the best one. I think I like that one. The <laughs> it most. just don't matter That's, anymore. It's great. That one. Well, I don't. Yeah, that's why they I'm sure that's why they chose that one to be the last. It has one. <laughs> that great. It has that great McKean line at the end. Yeah, you can't. Oh, man. Uh, anyhow, no, I don't have any, any much else to say. Me neither. I tell I'm you not, what, what the preview for my my, my for my uh, rating. I enjoyed myself and I didn't know if that was going to happen. Uh, I've never seen this before. So I, and I really enjoyed it. OK, OK. All right. Well, how did people feel about it when it came out and hit theaters in 1984? Boy, oh, boy. Not great. It did not do so hot. So this movie debuted way back in December, December 13th of 1985. Ah, five. I've been saying four for a while. That's okay. Yeah, but you're right. It did come out the same year as Back to the Future. And yet, uh, you know. We got to get you back to 1985. You know, you could have, you know, it's funny. You could have told Professor Plum, you know, the president's going to be Ronald Reagan. And he'd be like, Ronald Reagan? The actor, you know what I mean. Uh, uh, any other Christopher? Uh, it's all uh, a, feed, anyway. a feedback oh, loop of Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Anybody else want to do a Christopher Lloyd impression before the show's over? We've done. Haven't we hurt him enough? No. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> I get to Christopher Lloyd jokes all the time. Anyway, um, so the movie. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, as as Christopher Lloyd said, the number six spot. Um, to uh, to two million dollars. Um, at number one that weekend was Rocky Four. That's where Rocky fights Drago, I believe. Uh, my favorite Rocky movie. But I can change. Now we're gonna do Stallone. You can change. Rocky Four is your favorite Rocky movie? I think so. Hey, we'll fight. get to. It. We'll get Sorry. to it one day. Yeah, he fights Drago. We'll get to it. If I can change, you can change. You well, know, maybe we won't actually. Uh, at number two, and I think this is another murder mystery, The Jewel of the Nile. Uh, I don't know who's in this, but anyway, The Jewel of the Nile was the number two movie that weekend. 
and it brought in a lot of money. It brought in $6.6 million. And number three, you have a spies like us. I believe that's Dan Aykroyd and uh, Chevy Chase. At number four, you have White Knights. I don't know who's in that. And number five, this is going to sound like a movie that I'm making up. It's called Santa Claus, the movie. And that's not the Santa Claus that it's not, you know, it's Santa Claus, the movie. Anyway, so Clue, yes, debuted at number six to $2 million. It would go on to make a grand total of $14 million in its entire run uh, in theaters. Um, you know, never dropping below a million, but uh, it was pulled out of theaters after about five weeks. Um, so, yeah, I think there was some difficulty with the confusion, which ending, what you know, we were getting and things like that. Uh, for the year of 1985, Clue would finish with, like I said, 14.6 million. That's the number 57 spot of the year. What a year, 1985. The number one movie, Back to the Future. The number two movie, Rambo First Blood Part Two. Wow. AKA Second Blood. <laughs> at number, AKA at the Deuce. At number three, Rocky Four again. So, uh, big year for both Christopher Lloyd. And Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> and number four, The Color Purple. Spielberg, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. And at number five, Out of Africa. Um, we've talked about this a couple times recently. Uh, back in 1985, only three movies in the United States made more than $100 million. And it was those, it was those top three I told you about. So there is your there's your wrap for 1985. We've been to 1985 a few times, done a few reviews. Uh, and we'll probably be back soon enough. So with that, I'll turn it over to the letterbox game. All where right. I am reigning king here. My goal. I gotta add to this too. Hat. I I looked up uh, Jewel of the Nile and is not a murder mystery. It is the sequel to Romancing the Stone. Oh, fascinating! Uh, starring Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner, and Danny DeVito. What is all right? We got to. That's a sequel. Hey, it's a sequel. Put it on the. Put that on the big old. We you know we we got that list somewhere. Put that somewhere. in the hopper. Romancing the Stone and Jewel of the Nile. Michael Douglas. Josh, do you do a Michael Douglas impression? No. Ants. I wouldn't do it on, Got on these ants. ants. Yeah, ants. I can do that. Ants. 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 Well, ants. Scott, they're ants. I don't know. I can't. Okay. Uh, anyway. So, Letterboxd. Some of the most popular reviews on. Letterbox for Clue. Uh, it, this one's four stars. It says, quote, she had friends who were dot, 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 socialists. Gasp. Uh, then the second one is literally just that quote uh, you said earlier, David, about I hated her so much. The the, the flames, flames on the side of my face. On the side of my face. Um, four and a half stars. There are two types of people in this world. People who like Clue and people who are wrong. <laughs> how would Michael, how, how would Christopher Lloyd say that? I don't know. There are two types of people. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, wow. Lloyd. The real villain was capitalism all along. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> okay, this is the, we'll end it with this one. Three stars. The freeze frame after Mr. Green says, "I'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife." <laughs> the Breakfast Club is shooketh. <laughs> Greatest freeze frame. Of it all time. is, and the grin on his face—the way he says it—so funny. So, hearing those, I would say pretty positive reviews mm. of Clue. What do we think the the overall average is going to be? Mm. A five point scale. I'll let one of you guys go first. Ooh, because I always do it first and always end up taking the good spot. So, three point six. Oh, that's very high. That's very high. I actually think that might be too high, and I regret saying it. But. Well, it's still time to change. Nobody else. No, has I'll keep it. Yet. Okay. Maybe I'm trying to throw you all off. Yeah, maybe. No, I really. It's a strategy. God, I don't know. This is tough for me. <laughs> and I'm so skewed one way that it's. I'm so skewed one way that I don't. I for I, that the fact that you that David has never seen it and relatively never heard of it, and that you've only seen it a couple of times or whatever is is messing with my brain. I know. Well, it's a cult classic. You got to remember that, and you were part of the cult. Mm-hmm. We didn't yes, get indoctrinated soon enough. Um, four stars. Wow! Bang! Hi. So, yeah, what I do know about this movie is that, you know, Garrett 
is lucky enough to have been a child who would watch this movie, right? Mm -hmm. The adults of the time, 1985, did not like it. Siskel, Ebert, both uh, hated it, gave it two out of four stars. Uh, Well, they didn't hate it, but they didn't like it. But, you know, when you're a kid, you know, you grow up, it's classic. All of a sudden, this movie was a great movie when you were a kid. So I'm trying to think about the Letterboxd community. And the Rotten Tomatoes score, the IMDb score, I don't know. I'm going to say... A 3.1. 3.1. We got a 3.1 from David, a 3.6 from me, and a 4.0 from Garrett. Um, We do not have a direct hit this time. And in fact, we need a tiebreaker. Because this movie is a 3.8. Wow, look at the letterbox community. Higher than I expected for sure. All right. Okay. We need some kind of tiebreaker okay between between Garrett and I. All right, guys. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a tiebreaker for you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go. I'm going to go to actors. <laughs> I'm scared. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I don't, he's going to, rogue a little bit. I don't know I'm what gonna, this game is. I'm going to go to actors. I'm going to go to Christopher Lloyd. Oh God, he's re- he's really on a Christopher Lloyd kick. The, the, the actor, anyway. Um, <laughs> no, and I am going to sort this. By... Christopher Lloyd could play Joe Biden. <laughs> he could. Hey, we got a big oil <laughs> spill out here, all right? SNL, no you can call me. Don't worry. Come on, Jack. Come on. Hey, I'm not kidding around here. We got Say a big no oil malarkey. spill to clean up. All right. Say no malarkey. No malarkey. Yeah. You know, okay. What's our what's our tiebreaker here? What are you doing okay. with us and Christopher Lloyd? Okay, this may have been a bad idea. Clearly, it was a bad idea. You You're guys are gonna us get vamp, this. So You're was... gonna get this. So I was gonna. What I was gonna do is because I was gonna ask you. I've sorted my. I've sorted Christopher Lloyd's move box, and I was gonna ask what is his highest average. Like, what is the <laughs> highest average movie starring Christopher Lloyd? Right. It's too easy though. Yeah, BTTF, right? Let's go get the Rotten Tomatoes score. All right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. You guys didn't <laughs> yeah, look at the Rotten Tomatoes score? Because I think, I think no, he's going to throw us the Rotten Tomatoes score. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I don't care about Rotten Tomatoes. Now, ladies. Letterboxd, where it's at. That's why, Rotten yeah, tomatoes. that's why Rotten Tomatoes is our tiebreaker. It's secondary. I was trying to be creative, all right? I get it. It was fine. You were trying to be creative on the spot. It happens. Blue. All what right. I say? I don't know Here we are. About it, though. Okay. Clue. The problem with Clue is every time you try to search Clue, Google suggests Clueless. So you end up on the wrong page. All right, guys. Clue, uh, Clue on Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think on a scale of one to... Wow, what a thumbnail. On a scale of one to 100, what is it? Uh, you guys aren't looking at this thumbnail for Clue that I'm looking at. Man. This is critic score, like not audience time, score. But I know, but it came I'm out t- later. Yeah, but I'm tempted to low. go low. Based on 34 reviews. What? That can't be all. Do you want me to read the, the critical consensus? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, well, it'll tell us whether it's positive or negative, I think. It probably That's will. That's true. I can tell you that if you want to know that part. I mean, I can, I I can like... narrow it down for you guys. Yeah. Go okay. ahead. Read the Read the consensus. All right. Here we go. A robust ensemble of game actors elevate Clue above its schematic source material, but this farce's reliance on novelty over organic wit makes its entertainment value a roll of the dice. 53. 53 from Josh. Ah. <laughs> uh. Remember, a 60 is is where fresh begins. Yeah, I'm going to go 64. 64 from Garrett. All right. We do have a winner. No tiebreaker needed. We will not be visiting Metacritic today. <laughs> um, the winner is Colonel Mustard himself. It's Garrett. I'm Garrett I really it. thought I had that. <laughs> Now, it was not a direct hit on Rotten Tomatoes. It was a 68% is what it is really? currently. Really? Rotten Tomatoes. That does not sound like a positive consensus. It sounds like a polite consensus, but not a positive one. Yes. I mean, it is very polite. It does make, it does allow for, hey, some people might really dig this. Um, 
And uh, so there's that. And, and, right, audience score is 86, which is more in line with the Letterbox community. Yeah, um, I agree with that. So there you go, Garrett. You win this week. I'll put it on the stats here. I gotta go. I'll be right back. Okay. So uh, if you have to finish the show without, if you have to, if you have to wrap up without me, go ahead. But I'll be right back. Okay. Well, uh, we kind of do have to do that because it's it's time where we give our own ratings uh, of the movie. Yeah. So I feel. Are you going to give this a five star out right out the gate? You yeah. are. <laughs> You're not. Yeah. Oh, you are. No, okay. I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I think. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think it's a. Uh, I think it's going to be a four star for me. Ultimately. I get that. You know, we didn't talk about. A it's not perfect. Of, no, the middle part for me, the middle where they're just kind of searching the house three separate times. It's repetitive. It's uh, it's meandering. Uh, it takes a little while. And it makes it yeah. feel a little long for a short movie. Yeah. Well, but for me, everything else is so good that that middle part, yeah, it it's fine. Yeah. Well, it's short enough that it doesn't overstay its welcome. So any of the confusing parts or parts that might feel like a drag a little bit really don't drag that long. And the pace is is upbeat enough, I think, to uh, keep me pretty entertained. So that's that's four stars. You know, I. I, yeah. I uh, that's that's the best they could do. I was gonna. I tried to look and see if David had logged this on Letterbox yet, but he hasn't. So I think we're just gonna not know what his score is because I'm not gonna vamp this forever. It's a mystery. I'm we'll I'm at that. the end of it actually. Um, it's a mystery what our rating will be. So unfortunately, because we we record this live to tape, as they would say in the old days, uh, David just walked away from the camera. <laughs> Uh, mid-show, as you heard. We're not even mid-show, end of the show. Right before we were about to give our review. So uh, he did say to finish it if he didn't get back time, so that's what I'm going to do. Uh, thank you all for joining us. It's video game month all April. Find us on so many sequels.com to get a list of all of our previous episodes. You can get lists or links to our social media channels. We're on pretty much all the ones that you're on uh follow us there and of course go to our patreon at patreon.com slash so many sequels if you can throw a couple bucks in there to support the show support us help us you know pay for our website and really small stuff like that that would be cool and you get access to our discord where you get to uh, chat with us about movies tv funny funny stuff and 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 just have a good time so go check all those out we will see you all next time bye